We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Thank Welcome to the Pat Mayo Experience, presented by DraftKings. Week 1, rankings, debate every position. You want to know about a position? Easy stuff. Hit the time codes. You want to get the list of the rankings? You can find all of those up on DKNation.com. But for you, the loyal viewer slash listener, well, I got that all figured out for you already. Just hit the description and all the hot links are down there right now. They'll be updated before the Thursday night game. They'll be updated on Friday afternoon when I do the injury report. And then once again on Sunday morning you know, to make sure that everything is right. Whenever the big injury barrage comes out, Pat Mayo will have your updated rankings for you. Reminder to play in the DraftKings Listeners League. That is almost full. It's rake-free. It's $15 to play, three max entry. That link is down in the description as well. And if you're looking for the injury report and updated ranking show and the waiver wire show that you're used to seeing on the Pat Mayo experience, at least on the audio version, get all the videos up on Mayo Media Network, so I highly recommend that you smash the like and subscribe right now. But the waiver wire and Monday Night Football preview, along with the weekend props preview and the full injury report and updated rankings, are now on the Fantasy Football Picks and Bets audio feed. You can find the links to those, I mean, but just by searching in the Apple Store on Spotify, that's easy enough. But I put them down in the description as well if you want to go find them. So that's what we're doing. For right now, runthesims.com slash mayo. If you want to use, get a discount and use your own projections for everything. And joining me for the ninth year in a row, world, it's Jake Seeley from theathletic.com. What's going on, my man? What's up? Did it pain you thinking about it's been nine years of this together? (laughs) I can't believe that I've been doing this. I mean, this is year 13 for me in fantasy now. I was such a young man when this started. I know. I'm thinking back to those days and I'm like, man, I, uh, I, I'm feeling the burn in like week four and five now where it used to be like, ah, week 12. That's when I need my second win. This is like, I need my second win in October now. Yeah. It's kind of crazy. Like I used to stay up and write that flex column every single yes. Wednesday night for Thursday release. I would start writing that, I think around like 9 p.m. Eastern time, and I'd finish up around like 6 a.m., 7 a.m., and it would be live on the site at 9 a.m., and then I'd like go to work right afterwards. Funny what 24-year-old Pat can do versus like what 37-year-old Pat can do. It's not quite the same anymore. No, yeah, the, the, the 20s of being able to do this and be like, ah, you know what, if I finish my article, like, so we do the midnight release, which I learned from you, and then I sit there and answer questions till 2 a.m., and that's like, uh, no, I'm going to go to sleep and hope this article publishes as it should at 12.01 a.m., and I'll check the comments in the morning now. Yeah, it turns out the stuff doesn't need to be immediate uh, anymore at this point, but you know it needs to be immediate because we only have so much time that people want to know about the week one rankings. We're here, like I mentioned, everything is down in the description, so 
Let's get to it. Running back, number one, Jonathan Taylor. For the week is coming in number one for me, McCaffrey, Eckler, Henry, Kamara, top five, Dalvin Cook, Joe Mixon, DeAndre Swift, Saquon Barkley, and Najee Harris, Jake, are my top ten for the week. Now, you can probably, as we've done on the show many a times in the past, the top 10, the top 15, the top, I mean, maybe the top 15, then we have questions outside of that. Like, you're playing all of these guys. If you have three of these guys yes. on your team, your team's too good. Like, play in a better league. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, in my mind, before I joined this to do this, in my mind, it's like, this is going to be the easiest rankings ever because it's week one. Like, you just go down who you drafted, and, you know, maybe there's a toss-up later in your draft, the wide receiver, more importantly, but... Good God, yeah. If you're dealing with sitting any of these options, then you, like you said, play in a better league, play in a deeper league. I see a lot of people going down the one running back, one wide receiver, six flex routes these days, which I don't mind because it opens up to a lot of strategy, but still, I can't imagine sitting anybody. I mean, we haven't even gotten to the top 20. I don't know if you're sitting inside the top 20. Well, we can talk about a few guys inside the top 10 here in a second. I do want to tell everyone right now, do you want free money? Of course you do. Who doesn't want free money? You can help me out severely. I already mentioned subbing to the YouTube channel, but if you subscribe to the Pat Mayo Experience audio podcast, even if you're just a video viewer, you have a phone. I guarantee you, you have a phone if you're watching this. If you're playing fantasy football, you definitely have a phone. So what you need to do is go <laughs> sub on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever it is, the Pat Mayo Experience podcast, and just put on those auto-downloads. I don't need you to listen to any of them, really. Just auto-download them. That goes a long way. But if you leave a five-star review for the Pat Mayo Experience, make up something you enjoy about the show, even if you don't enjoy it. So five-star review, and then something you like about the show, Twitter handle or email address, so I can contact you on the Wednesday show next week, week two. I'm giving away $1,000 to people. Oh, it's a draw. I'm not giving $1,000 to everybody. I don't want to go broke over here. <laughs> but there's $1,000 in the pool, $500 to the winner, $250 straight cash to the two runners up. And it's just people who have left these audio reviews. So please stop what you're doing. Go do this right now. Uh, and it would go a long way to, to helping me out. So please. Please, you can help Jake out. You can help me out if you go rate and review and subscribe and put on those auto downloads for the Pat Mayo Experience audio podcast. I want to give away some money. Do you think I have Elvin Kamara too high at number five? Mm, no, I mean, over one or two players, maybe, but no. Not, I guess Atlanta too. I, I think the bigger concern is that maybe they get up early and then you see a little bit more Mark Ingram just to keep Kamara healthy. But at that point, Kamara, we talk about that every year, Pat is that people often make that argument. What if they get up early? And then it's the crutch argument of like not realizing if they're up early, they likely involve the starters getting up early with them. So I don't think it's too high. If you want to nitpick like, oh, Joe Mixon, or if you want to nitpick uh, like, oh, you Najee Harris, because if they get behind, they're going to just dump it off more. Like whatever it might be. No, he's not too, he's not too high. I'd be nitpicking whether he was five, six or seven. Do you have any qualms about the status of Najee Harris's foot? He has this Liz Frank injury. Apparently it happened like, that was weeks ago, but we just heard about yeah. it like two weeks ago. Do you think that, you know, Warren gets involved a little bit more in week one? Or, I mean, I like him as someone you need to stash anyway when it comes down yeah. to it, because as we've seen with the Pittsburgh running backs over the years, there's the workhorse guy, and then there is everyone else on the team. But Warren does seem like he's the next man up should anything happen to Harris. When you're dealing with a Liz Frank, you know, someone steps on your foot, you're done for the season. So all of a sudden, Warren becomes a bell cow back and a guy that's going to be ranked inside the top 15 every single week. So I don't, I mean, listen, I'm not playing him in week one, <laughs> uh, but I will have him on my roster. I'm not scared of Harris until I see something actually happen to him. I think that's the biggest thing is until we see it, which could happen in week one. The interesting thing is right before we started recording this show, Mark Boley, which covers the Steelers for the athletic, actually said that Warren is also likely to be used on special teams, which is part of the reason he's number two. So that you might it actually increases the likelihood that you see Warren get snaps in a game, even if Najee Harris is OK. So. I, you roll out Najee Harris. You cannot sit Najee Harris in week one. The downside is if this list Frank issue is more than they're letting on. And yes, it was weeks ago, but I think a lot of doctors out there put the timeline at right around week one. So maybe if he's 80% and then they ease off of him. But 
if they're behind because of the Bengals, you know, whether it's Trubisky who's starting or not, I mean, they're going to dump off to the running back. Najee Harris is a great pass catcher. Deontay's not 100%. Might be. Question. There's a lot of question marks with this team. But Najee Harris, you, you, if it bites you in the ass, you have to be let him. Like, like, that's weird. Let him bite you in the ass. But you have to week one. You, there's no way on earth unless Friday rolls around. They're like, Najee Harris hasn't practiced all week. Like, then that's the only time that you have a concern. Yeah, and once again, you can get the full injury report up on Mayo Media Network in the Fantasy Football Picks and Bets audio feed. That's going to come out on either Friday evening after all the injuries are released, or I might just do it on Saturday morning, Jake, because then I'll actually know, right? I'm not guessing on, like, some West Coast feed of guys that we don't know. Don't you remember last year? We were getting injury random injury reports like 2 p.m. on Saturdays last year. We, we never It never stops now. No, it doesn't. But listen, not if you're if you're going to do content, make a video, especially for podcast and anything like that. There's always stuff that you're going to be late on in the interest of getting stuff out early. But I have found sometimes on Friday evenings that all the everything doesn't necessarily come out right away. That stuff will trickle out later into the night. So that was always my one fear. About okay, that, that, that's certainly fair. All right. Well, you want to get down to the next tier? of guys here because I got Aaron Jones coming in at number 11 Antonio Gibson at number 12 the much maligned Antonio Gibson back in RB1 territory for week one Fournette against Dallas I was iffy on him we can talk about him a little bit more Chubb Etienne Junior James Conner Javante Williams Cam Akers Devin Singletary and Chase Edmonds who I actually do like quite a bit this week against New England. So here's the thing. Uh, I think that we need to try <laughs> talk about Travis Etienne. It does appear like James Robinson is going to play, at least be active in week one. Here is the sneaky thing, though, Jake. I want to bet every under if they make them available on James Robinson in week one. Like we saw how bad Cam Akers was <laughs> rushing back from all of the from the Achilles problem. Now James Robinson is going to do it eight months later. And listen, you might argue that James Robinson is a better talent than Cam Akers. I'm not the one who's going to be making that argument. If you gave me two completely healthy running backs, give me Cam Akers for my real life football team every single time. And listen, I make poor decisions all the time. Maybe I'm wrong. But you have a guy who just missed a year, who's essentially a rookie, very fresh legs with his college quarterback versus a guy who's, I don't want to say he's a jag, just another guy. He's slightly above that. He's proven himself to be pretty good. But like over under, I don't know, six and a half carries for James Robinson week one if he's active. I probably lean to the under. Yeah, yeah really. Like, this, like, let's remember he, these aren't the only two. Remember Deonta Foreman? Remember when he was light years ahead of the recovery from his Achilles <laughs> back in the day with two seven? Was it seventeen eighteen? And like, I know people are gonna like sit here if they've seen any show with you and me or any of my work. They're gonna be like, "Well, you're sitting here telling us to be positive on Cam Akers." Well, yeah, because he came back. And they immediately gave him bell cow work despite coming back in six months. Yes, he faced good defenses, but also on top of it, they had Sony Michelle and Daryl Henderson at their disposal, and they still went to Cam Akers, who now has all this time off. As you mentioned, James Robinson doesn't even have the full year yet, and really he's going to cut in. And I know Doug Peterson likes to use multiple running backs, but I don't need Travis Etienne to be a 25-touch guy. I needed it to be Miles Sanders that one year that Doug Peterson had Miles Sanders where 60-65% makes you the clear lead, but it doesn't mean you need 300 touches over the full season. Give me 260 with ETN, and it'll be a top 20 running back. I'm fine with you. I would do the same thing if there were unders on James Robinson. I'm I'm thinking Vegas might be smart enough not to go down that road. Well, the, the other thing that I was thinking about uh, when it came to try to figure out how to play the props on this game, because obviously that I want to be in on this, is going to be maybe I just play the overs on the now deflated yardage totals for Travis Etienne. Like, let's try to project what we think that the stat line is going to be for him in this game. Like, what would you guess? I'm going to say, I mean, I can bring up runthesims.com slash mayo if you want the projections for all of this stuff. But just off the top of my head, I'm going to say 12 carries, 65 yards, hopefully the goal line work. But realistically, even though this is still half point PPR we're talking about, I still want to have about four to five catches on six to seven targets. That's where we're making our money with Travis Etienne. So I'm chuckling because I was going to toss out that Washington's defense has some issues right now. And I was going to say 60 rushing yards. So he got me by five. And then I was going to say 30, 35 receiving. 
and that's even without a touchdown that that right there because it's going to be receiving as you mentioned like four receptions five receptions is going to put him inside the top 15 even without a touchdown so i i think that the workload is going to be there and you just say four or five receptions on 12 or 13 carries this is austin eckler range on a worst team and eckler is eckler but travis Etienne being eckler wouldn't be a shock to anyone and i think that's what we're looking at in fantasy and like I have Cam Akers at number 18 on this list, at Jane at number 15. Like I get why people wouldn't want to play those guys week one. They want to play scared. And maybe that's the proper strategy in week one. But I'm running both those guys out there. I mean, where do you have Akers at? I mean, I know you haven't done finished your rank. Have you finished yeah. your rankings yet? No, no, no. But like, will he be top Hell 20, no. do you think? <laughs> oh, he'll be top 20 for me. I'm I'm going, I mentioned this on my show on the all football podcast. I said this with Lauren this morning. Said if we roll around four weeks from now, which is October fifth, I said it on the show. I should remember it. October fourth. October fourth. I will sit here and say I was one hundred percent fooled wrong on Cam Akers. But until then, every beat reporter out there says Cam Akers been running in practice. He has his helmet standing next to Daryl Henderson. They're both running. They're both doing things. He traveled to Cincinnati. Everything seems fine. And Sean McVay, oh, what a surprise. Coaches don't want to tell us the truth. You know, like we've done this. I think McVay is playing games with this. I think not us, but the NFL world. I think McVay is just being coy and keeping Akers under wraps. And he's going to unleash him in week one. I'll be ready to go down with the Akers ship. And maybe it's my CJ Henderson. And he replaces CJ Anderson from that. CJ Anderson. I said Henderson. CJ Anderson from that year. But hey, I'll take a new one. I've had enough CJ Anderson. So I need a new one anyway. Yeah, and we we need someone who's going to be pretty good for us, come through for us, not go the other way. I have Gibson at 12 against Jacksonville, Fournette at Dallas, number 13. I mean, I could rank Fournette as high as four. Uh, I just feel not great about this matchup, and I don't entirely know why. I know Dallas is a bit more difficult to run on, or at least they have been in the past, but... I don't know what it is about this matchup. Something It feels like it's going to be more of a receiving game than a rushing game for him. Mm, I could see that, which, but that doesn't that make you feel better? It does until we get near the goal line and just if Dallas is going to stuff, I mean, maybe he'll score three touchdowns on the ground. I don't know. But if it's going to be one of these cases where you know, they just feel far more comfortable throwing the ball in the red zone and not running the ball in the red zone, especially as soon as they get near the goal line, it just feels like the overall upside of Fortnite. Not to say that he can't catch a touchdown in the circumstance, but it's just far more likely that if it's going to go in on the ground, he's going to get it. If it's going to go through the air, now all of a sudden he's competing well, with like five other guys. Well, and that's like, so this is where I wasn't setting you up to be like, ha ha, gotcha. But so like the passing game is actually why I do have a little bit of concern with you and Fournette because they've even said they don't want the workload from last year. Well, if you look at his workload last year, it wasn't the rushing workload. It was the passing workload. And if you look down the stretch of how many targets he was getting per game, I mean, we were talking Austin Eckler. We were talking, hell, we were talking some of the high, we were talking Christian McCaffrey target levels that Fournette was seeing late last year. So how do you lessen Leonard Fournette's workload? You're not taking away the rushes. You're taking away the passing game. And if he's losing some to Gio, who's healthy as of today, and or Rashad White, and if Russell Gage and Julio are healthy as of today, even if there is no Godwin, that's my concern because where you said is if they ease off the workload and it's 14, 15 touches, if they come from the passing game, that's even worse. So I'm with you. I think that Fournette feels shaky in week one. You're starting them. There's no way you're benching Fournette, especially where you even drafted him. But I feel better as you, I feel better about James Conner. I feel better about Antonio Gibson until Brian Robinson gets back. I feel better about Gibson, obviously. That's why I have him ranked ahead. I do not feel as good in that circumstance about James Conner just because I don't exactly know what we're looking at in terms of this Cardinals offense if they fall. I mean, they're only three-and-a-half-point dogs in this game, but you could see Kansas City jumping out to a big lead, and then all of a sudden it's like, yeah, I mean, is Conner's, like, 16 for 34 going to really work if he's not scoring four rushing touchdowns? And then I'm like, yeah, probably not, right? Uh, I still think you look at that workload that he sees in the passing game, especially with no DeAndre Hopkins. And I've, I think it's very similar conversations, but I think Fournette's more likely to lose his than Connor is his. Maybe, but I just don't know if James <laughs> Connor is going to be as active in the passing game because, I mean, why else do you have Eno Benjamin on the team? 
It, I mean, because you needed backups behind him with Darren Williams. I mean, you need you need depth. <laughs> I don't know that. You know, sure, sure but I mean, that feels actor. like his primary role here. It's like last year when we were, sure. were when we were talking about Tampa Bay. It's like, of course, Gio is going to do this, and of course, you know, Keyshawn Vaughn's going to be the receiving back. And they, they were like, well, the, the, <laughs> the only guy who knows how to block is Leonard Fournette, so he's going to be in there. I kind of feel like that still might be the case this year, and they can talk about scaling him down as much as they want. But when it gets into a situation where Brady needs a back to block for him. He's going to be in the game. And that's well, yeah, that's true. So, anyone else on this list? Yeah, you, you like are you good with Chase Edmonds at 20, Singletary at 19? Mm, I'm trying to think like who I could possibly put in front of him. Well, here, I, let's go let's I, let's I, drop I'm, let's drop down yeah, to the, the 21 to 30 going. and we can see who's uh who's on the go there. So we have Let's see here. Who do we got? We have Eli Mitchell, Elijah Mitchell at number oh, 21. Clyde Edwards Lair at 22. Rashad Penny, that's assuming Ken Walker doesn't play at 23. And we're probably not going to know that until Monday night, uh, unless something pops up over the weekend. Zeke, Cordero Patterson, David Montgomery, AJ Hotfire, Dylon, Damian Pierce, Brees Hall, and Josh Jacobs. Like, once you get to, I guess, Zeke at 24, looking at this right now. Now you can kind of tell me that you can kind of mix and match anyone that you like. I mean, I, I, it's funny because like where we had ranked Pierce in terms of where he was preseason, this is just a really bad matchup for him. Like looking at it right now, Indy was third mm. against the run last year. They're eight point dogs in this game. Unless Houston can jump out to a big lead here. I just don't think we're going to see a ton of them here in this spot whatsoever. You, you're already shaking your head. Look at you. Look at you here on the screen, shaking <laughs> your head. Don't do that to me. I think Pierce is not, he's a flex play because of the potential upside that he has. But if Burkhead scores more points than him week one, I'm not super stunned. Well, so here's where I'm going to go with that. So uh, we now call him Shaquille Leonard instead of uh, what he used to go by. But no Len- no Darius Shaquille Leonard for the Colts. They got destroyed on the ground by both the running backs and Kyler Murray in that game when there was no Darius Leonard, Shaquille Leonard. I'm not saying I'm putting all weight into one game, but that's a big factor. I mean, we go back to the days of – who was the one on the Bears? Oh, my God. Every single time he was out of the game, it was like, oh, my God, start your running backs. Oh, Akeem then, Hicks, wasn't it? Yes. And there was one before him, too. But, yeah, Hicks was the most recent one. But it's just like it was such a big difference. Again, I'm not saying Leonard's going to be that big of a difference. But you talk about the workload. I know you differ a little bit because we had that ranks conversation on Burkhead and that, you know, would it shock you that Burkhead was the most valuable at the end of the season? It would for me. I would start Damian Pierce over both of them. And I would start Elijah Mitchell if healthy. Mitchell's a big question mark. But if healthy for week one, I keep going down this road of Elijah Mitchell's workload, even with Trey Lance, is phenomenal. I know you're concerned about the touchdowns, and I do agree with you, Elijah Mitchell. But I just think you're talking about the workload is going to be all Elijah Mitchell. And that's why I would go a little bit more than Singletary, who could be a complete committee in that backfield. And then Edmonds, you talk about a complete committee. There's talk covering the team from Dave Richard, CBS. He was saying he's been like paying a lot of attention at the camps and everything like that. They want to use all four. That's oh, why God. they kept all four running backs. Yeah, exactly. Because here's why. And this is what he said. They like speed and they want to keep every single one of them hundred percent healthy, like not healthy, hundred percent fresh. They're almost rotating defensive linemen at running back. It's like, all right, if you're starting to get tired, you're off the field. Next one's coming in Raheem Mostert. All right, you're tired. Next one's off the field. And so basically it's like, if you get a 30 yard run, it's, you're, you're going to come off the field. So that's my concern there. Okay, so I have Chase Edmonds at number 20 right now. I felt like his pass-catching prowess might really come into play against the I Patriots. I think so, too. But, yeah, I mean, if he's not, if he's going to be in a even a three-way committee, that's not exactly what I'm looking for. So where should I bump him down to? I'm not... You didn't really sell me on Pierce the way that I wanted to because I do think that the situation <laughs> between the Cardinals and what this Texans team is going to look like is a little bit different. When you have the viable rushing threat of Kyler Murray, uh, we've just seen with rushing quarterbacks that opens up so many lanes, and we know the Texans do not have that with Davis Mills, so everything is going to be incumbent on Pierce to get it all done himself without taking any of these backup defenders out of the box. He's still going to have to beat them. I still like him as a flex, like I said, but he's down at number 28 for me. Where would you drop Edmonds to? I have him at number 20 right now, so let's take a look at the 21 through 30. Would you go Cordero Patterson or Chase Edmonds? I know you hate Patterson, but just pretend like you like him. I I don't hate him. I'd probably go Edmonds on the upside for the fact that like Cordell Patterson's peaked in a share. 
I think if everything goes wrong, well, I guess right, and depending on which way you're looking at it, if Edmonds surprises us and gets 60% of the workload, I'd rather just go with Edmonds. Would you rather play Zeke or Edmonds? <laughs> Zeke. Okay, so it's probably right there then. Number 24 makes sense. Like, would you go Montgomery yeah. or Edmonds? Mm, flip a coin. Okay, so yeah, I think that makes some sense. I'm going to go Chase Edmonds. Especially against San Francisco. Yeah, flip yeah I mean, it's really funny. I was trying to figure out, like, we'll get to this when we get to defenses, obviously, because, you know, we talk about defenses on the show. Hit the time codes or hit the ranks if you want to see them. That it's not so much in a season-long purpose because there's just no need for it. But for Daily Fantasy, I was like, you know what? I might just play Chicago's defense. All I've done is just harp on how bad Chicago is all year with the one caveat being maybe Fields takes this amazing leap and he's awesome. There's that one. Or... Doesn't Chicago D just feel like they have the propensity to be, like, the weirdest, like, luck box defense? Have, we've seen it way too many times anyway. Then you have Trey Lance. Maybe Trey Lance is just no good. And there's, like, five picks in this game. Anyway, well, that's, that's, where, that's where that's where that's your that's your path is there is that Trey Lance throws three interceptions, fumbles one as he runs too much. And yeah, that, that's your path. Sacks on top of it. That's that's your path to the Bears defense. Yeah. And I just I was only thinking about it on DraftKings because they're so, so cheap. And I know no one is going to play them in that <laughs> spot. But I, it, the one thing that I came back to, and we'll talk about this because, I mean, I try to collaborate with you. It's the one thing. I mean, you're the second most accurate ranker in the world on fantasy football, at least last year. So the first loser to our guy Ratcliffe in terms of accuracy in rankings. Does he ever let you live that? Do you guys do a show together? The most accurate show in the no, world. No, we don't he's, anymore. He he's, he's like, anymore? I'm, I'm so accurate then I'm tired of this number two guy dragging me down. I'm off the show and doing my own now. So he left me. That's how that's how much he's not let me live it down. Ah, yeah, see, he doesn't want the competition. You came second last year. He doesn't want you beating you this year around. Maybe we can do that by collaborating on the D ranks like we always do. It's the one thing I'm actually decent at ranking. But I just feel like San Francisco is going to run so much in this game that I'd rather take the Cardinals defense because they're going to face 45 pass attempts and maybe someone tips a Mahomes pass and that's just worth more than anything the Bears can cobble together. I I think there's for I know we're just all of a sudden pivoting into defenses but that's why like I'd rather take a chance on like the Jaguars defense and they have some talent on that squad and what we're all of a sudden knowing Carson Wentz again like we're doing this Carson Wentz thing again and that offensive line is in struggle shambles and Carson Wentz will take shots. He doesn't shouldn't, even though he had a nice touchdown to interception ratio last year, but he gets sacked a few times. Jacksonville actually runs up the score somehow on that Washington defense. I just told you how the Jaguars pay off. Absolutely. No, I'm completely on board with that. So the rest of the running backs, uh, I mean, we can make the case if there's anyone that you want to highlight. Don't have the graphic up. We're only doing top 30 in graphics this year. Just don't need to do the extra work. I've already screwed up the defense one. I forgot the Colts on it. They're updated <laughs> in the rankings, so don't worry about that uh, when you're following along. It's just easier to open up the page and just follow along. So you have Damian Harris, Tony Pollard, Melvin Gordon, Miles Sanders. I have Dobbins out. Do you think Dobbins is going to play? I'm leaning towards out the way that he looked unless he's like, did he know the camera was on him and he's just playing us because that was like, he legitimately did the drill and was limping back to the line of the drill line. And I just, they bring in Kenyon Drake. We had that conversation last week about Mike Davis and Kenyon Drake. I don't know if they need to force the issue. The thing is, is even if you put him in the ranks, I wouldn't put him any higher than where Saquon Barkley finished week one and two last year. And that was unstartable because it's going to take time for him to get back to 100%, and they're probably not going to lean on him that much. And it's if it's ineffective not leaning on him that much, you don't even want to start him. The other one would be with Mike Davis. So I went through this on the Monday show on the Fantasy Football Picks and Bets feed. The video's up there right now uh, on Mayo Media Network. Sub to the channel. Smash the like, by the way, and leave that rating and review for the $1,000 giveaway. What, you don't want money? What's wrong with you? I'm, giving, I'm trying to give you some, so help us out here. Is that... Seven-point favorites in this game, the Ravens are over the Jets. The Jets' run defense is, eh, like, whatever. Maybe they're better. They're probably not. But I expect, I mean, it, I guess it depends on what your expectations of this game are overall. If you think that Baltimore jumps up big early, they're going to run the ball a ton. If they're running the ball a ton, I think it's mm -hmm. way more Mike Davis. The more competitive this game is, I think it's more Kenyon Drake. Does that make any sense to you? Oh, it does. And so I think that if you think they're going to get up early and run a ton— you're telling me a Mike Davis and the Millionaire Maker 
<laughs> well, that that's the whole. Could point. you like, imagine after last year, if somebody it, wins the million with Mike Davis? It would make the most sense based on how he screwed over anyone who took him a year ago. But I walked through on Run the Sims these different scenarios, and that's what I love about Run the Sims is that you can customize each game and the percentage any way that you want. Like I went specifically into that game. And I just played out a few different scenarios like, hey, if this stays within seven points, what does the share look like for Mike Davis versus Drake? Because you're just going to, I mean, I just naturally have Lamar Jackson at 33% of the rushes anyway. So there's only so many to go around. But the biggest factor was in terms of Davis, like let's say he gets 45 to 50% of the carries with if the Ravens get up by 14 after a quarter or something like that. Not only... Does that mean, regardless, he's going to end up with the most carries, but the Ravens' rushing rate is going to go through the roof as well, which is only going to add to that. The problem is he's probably never going to catch a pass. But we we think that Drake is this great receiver, and he is really good, but the Ravens aren't, like, wildly known for checking down to their running backs. Those no, are just Lamar not. Jackson runs. Yeah, it's even at the time, like, J.K. Dobbins was, like, 20-something targets, maybe 30 or so, and so that's that's the concern there, too, of course. Uh, but yeah, you also remember it might be competitive because it could be Joe Flacco revenge game. So that's always in the cards. Yeah, I, I totally forgot about that. To tell you the truth, the Joe Flacco <laughs> revenge game. Give your head. Oh, you're starting to sound like me and my terrible takes about what's going to end up <laughs> happening. The uh, rest of the running backs that we have on this list: uh, Kareem Hunt, Ramondre Stevenson, Sex Rex Burkhead, Jarek McKinnon, Henderson, James Cook in the Thursday night game. Gainwell, Jamal Williams, Raheem Mostert, J- J.D. McKissick, Mike Davis, Naheem Hines, Khalil Herbert, Michael Carter, uh, Alexander Madison. Like, we're into the range. Like, is there anyone from beyond this 30, though, that you think does have a legitimate chance to be a flex play this week or someone that you actually are just much higher on? Yeah, I just said, there you go on Michael Carter. I think Michael Carter should be significantly higher for the, the scenario you just played out is that you're going to get the check downs and passing and more Michael Carter and Brees Hall is definitively a better talent, but they've shown already and the talk has been they're playing copycat for the Broncos last year and going to be very much 50-50 split with the rookie and like, hey, why do we kill a rookie right out of the gate? Why well, You can see they've both finished top 20 last year, and I don't expect the Jets offense to have as much rushing success as the Broncos did last year with Javante Williams and Melvin Gordon, but even if you tick them down a complete 10 spots, instead of finishing 17 and 18, now they're 27, 28, still both being flex startable. So I, I am, I'm on Michael Carter being a potential flex play. Most people probably don't have to start him in week one, but I would have Michael Carter uh, like basically above that last group by quite a bit would you or rather have michael carter quite up would you rather have michael carter or warren as your bench stash Ooh, it depends on what you're looking for i'd rather I, have warren. I, right and see that's where again that goes to bed on what you're looking for if you're looking for hey what if Najee harris is fine and then Najee harris you're waiting for an injury which of course look warren is built like a tank he's a bruiser that's what they want uh, that's what we know Michael Tomlin, Mike Tomlin loves to go with his bell cow running backs, and Warren should be the one, by all accounts. Everybody reporting on this team says he should be. But Michael Carter, I think, is going to have flex value. I think Michael Carter could be a flex value play, potentially even RB2 some weeks going forward. So if you need help, you need starters, it's Carter. But if you're going pure upside, like if they're both your third running back on your bench, then it's Warren because it really comes down to what is on your bench. I think that's a good point. If you need to play someone, obviously it's Michael Carter because he's going to be on the field and he might actually do things from week to week. But I think if you're trying to win your league, Warren from something about Mary in the backfield for the Steelers is the guy that you probably actually want here. Because if, like you said, it's not that you're waiting for something to happen to Harris. It's if something happens to Harris, you are now in the spot to capitalize. It's like owning Alexander Madison. Although he might suck. I have no idea. Well, the, the same thing you could say, what if Brees Hall gets banged up in week one, all of a sudden it's Michael Carter show. Yeah, but do I really want a guy on the, like, the Jets are fine. I'd rather have the guy on the Steelers who, like, even when we saw it last year with Carter, I mean, Carter had, what, two games where he was the bell cow? Like, they wanted to use uh, Tevin Coleman in these games. Like, it doesn't seem like they want to commit and to Ty one. Johnson? Yeah, yeah, Ty Johnson? Yeah, my guy, T.Y. Johnson. The hero. But uh, like even right now, like if Brees Hall goes down, I wouldn't just assume it's going to be like 80% Michael Carter. They'll figure something no. out. And even right now, like it should probably be 80% Brees Hall, but it's not going to be. It's going to be like 65-35, 60-40, depending on the week, it seems. No, and well, so Michael Carter, I think ceiling is similar to Austin Eckler in the fact that he doesn't need 20 touches. But 
again, if you're decreasing the touches and the offense is worse, which it significantly is worse than the Chargers offense, I get your point. If something happens to Harris, my point in bringing up if something happens to Brees Hall was just that Carter would be a locked in top 20, not necessarily top 10. Warren could be top 10 if something happened to Harris. But Warren could go out there and look terrible with the workload on his shoulders. And all of a sudden they're turning back to Benny Snell and all the rest of them. Yeah, and we know those guys are terrible, but still held value. Like, even though Benny Snell was terrible, you could still play him in the weeks when, who the hell was it? Le'Veon Bell yeah. was out. Like, he was fine. He was, like, running back 23. They st- they tried to sprinkle in Anthony McFarlane, and they, they bell-cowed. They're not bell-cowed. They committed at sometimes when they just, all those options sucked. It's just that was the problem. They all sucked. It's one problem. Not any good, Jake. <laughs> not getting good. Formula One drivers live life in the fast lane, both on and off the track. In Wondry's new podcast, Fast and Loose, F1, hosted by Will Arnett, is here to cover it all. I will listen to anything Will Arnett reads, so you probably should too. From McLaren to Ferrari to Mercedes, and from Lewis Hamilton to Daniel Ricciardo, the world's most prestigious and fastest F1 teams challenge each other on the world stage. On Fast and Loose F1, you'll hear from top drivers, managers, and team owners to get inside access into the high-stakes drama of the chase to win the greatest racing competition. Smartless co-host Will Arnett will be joined by two-time world champion, the flying fin, Mika Hakkinen, revealing the high-speed twists and turns after every F1 race. Listen to Fast and Loose F1 on Amazon Music or wherever you get your podcasts or listen ad-free by subscribing to the Wondry Plus in the Wondry app. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Unlike these wide receiver rankings, Cup, Jefferson, Lamb, let's go, Devontae Adams, <laughs> Jamar Chase, Keenan Allen, Steph Diggs, Michael Pittman, Deontay Johnson, and Tyreek Hill round out the top 10 at wide receiver in week one. That goes into Mike Evans, T. Higgins, Brennan Cooks, Terry McLaurin, Jalen Waddell, Hollywood Brown, DJ Moore, Debo Samuel, Amara, St. Brown, and Gabriel Davis, do you have the feeling that one of these Bills receivers might just get Ramsey? Mm, I don't know if you can. Even if you did, like if you, you tried, you're going to get feasted on by the other one. 
That, that's my concern. I think that you might just get Ramsey trying to play Davis and Diggs at times. Maybe he just kind of sticks to the one area, one side, and then you just take whoever gets lined up against him where they can both do fine. Not that everybody behind Ramsey stinks. They actually do have good corners after Ramsey. But I can see that. He, I was going to fire back with this question, Pat, because you know you're going to get it. Why do you hate Debo Samuel? You hate him. I do. I, I do hate Debo, uh, especially when he's de- already dealing with a hamstring injury. We don't even know if he's going to play or not. And he's facing like, a team where they're giant favorites that want to run the ball. Like if so much of his value, everyone says, is derived from him rushing the ball, if he's dealing with any sort of soft tissue injury against like the worst team they're <gasps> going to play all year, probably not going to be rushing the ball nine times. No, that's a, a giant thing to worry about, too, is because it, at late last season, what was it, three, four, five targets? I mean, there's a significant concern there. If Brandon Ayuk's going to steal some of the opportunities, everybody's talking him up. You can't have everything. Unless Trey Lance is amazing and going to throw 4,500 yards, Ayuk can't be great, Debo can't be great, Kittle can't be great, as Barkley's really upset for some reason. Come here. Barkley loves uh, Debo. I- she she's really angry about your Debo take. That's what it is. It, listen, uh, I, I don't I, own I, any Debo, so I find it hard for me to rank him overall. But like, I'd be a bit concerned about his upside at least this week. That's why he's not a top ten guy. Well, he's a well, number nineteen. Yes, yes. Well, and the thing you, know, you bring up the injury, him and Alan Lazard. That's like, like oh, by the way, they're both hurt. They're both ailing heading into week one. And she's like, uh, what did you guys do over the past two weeks because you didn't play? Yeah. <laughs> Like, I'm looking at it right now. Here are the guys that I have, like, on the injury report that we, like, kind of don't know what they're up to. They should play, but they could be out. We have Lazard, Kadarius Tony, Debo, Godwin is going to be on a pitch count regardless. Like, Rondell Moore, they don't even know what's wrong. They won't even say what's wrong with him in Arizona at the moment. So we don't know with him. Michael Gallup, probably not going to play. But then you have, like, Michael Thomas is now dealing with a mysterious hamstring injury. I don't know where this oh came my from. God, again? Yeah, another one. Again? It's not even the ankle or the calf. Now it's a hamstring You know what he did? For Michael he, Thomas. He blew he got... it trying to cross all those hurdles. <laughs> Drake London, uh, we haven't seen since like the first week of the preseason when he hurt his knee. They, they they just let him return to practice. And like, what about your boy, Deont- Deont- Bay? Deontay Bay? Is that what you call him? Anyway, Deontay Johnson's yeah, shoulder. Bay. Like, I expect him to play, but if he, on Friday, it's like, yeah, he's not practicing. He's out. It's like, oh, okay. Let's go to plan B. Like, there's a bunch of those guys this week. There, and it's all at wide receiver, mainly. It was just, that's the surprising part about it. Yeah, the Deontay Johnson thing they set off. It was a real season game that they you would have came back. Like, how many times have we heard that before? And then we get to, they're like, oh, this is a game. He would have been fine. And then he doesn't play the next week. Like, I, I thought you said he was going to be fine. So there are a lot. Yeah, you're probably going to need a whole new set of rankings come Saturday. Oh, that's, that, that's why. That's one of the main reasons that I don't actually want to update them until Thursday we can update them for Thursday with the information we have, then do the update on Saturday. Uh, I mean, almost going back to like what, what I was doing 10 years ago, I was updating the rankings like every hour on the hour. And I was like, why am I oh doing this? This is ridiculous. I'm with you. It was basically like on top of it, on top of it, on top of it. Like, okay, look, we'll, we'll do one update at the nighttime on, I'll still do it on Wednesday night, but that was before the game time on Thursday. And now Fridays, I'm with you. I could basically take off. Fridays until Friday night or either midday Saturday now that we're getting the Saturday trickles. Yeah, well, you're going to be seeing uh, Tambo and myself are going to be live, I believe, 11 a.m. Eastern on Fridays on Mayo Media Network with taking your questions, doing DraftKings picks, uh, just so we have more information after the Thursday night game. And as it turned out, I released like one of these monkey survey, survey monkey, is that what it used to be called? Anyway, yeah, I did one of those like five, six years Enjoy ago. Enjoy the spam for life. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I did one of those, I asked people to fill it out. And it said like, when do you normally like, submit your fantasy roster and like look at rankings and look at injuries and the most common response was like 20 minutes before kickoff i was like all right i am wasting my time updating these all of the time (laughs) like the majority of my audience does not care whatsoever anyway i want to get to what do we want to get to here let's take a look at the rankings here i had hill inside the top 10 i have waddle at number 15 do you like that do you not like that What, what are we thinking here Waddle's coming back from an injury as well. If he's 100% ready to go, I like it. I think Waddle, we talked about on your show, it wouldn't, wouldn't be a shock to me if he outscored Tyreek Hill. I'd still take Tyreek Hill over him. But yeah, Waddle, the, good, the best part about it is if you flip the roles of what happened this offseason, if it was like Tyreek Hill missed all this time, I'd be a little bit more concerned than I am for Waddle because Tyreek Hill is coming to a new quarterback and a new offense. 
Waddle's been here. Waddle just did this last year. Like he doesn't need the time and the reps with Tua. So I'm okay with it. I think that if Waddle's out there, you got to play him. Uh, there's a lot. This is very similar to running back. These injuries are kind of frustrating, but if they're playing, it's like Najee Harris. Who's who's on your bench that you can afford to bench any of these options? The only one might be Michael Thomas, because also going back to the kind of conversation we had with Baltimore, Michael Thomas and Debo too. Michael Thomas with a hamstring, and he's not 100%, and the Saints have no problem with the Atlanta Falcons. Which they will. And just, yeah. Oh, just because, of course, well, they're going to destroy so many week one survivors, hey, I, I, the I, Saints I, over the Falcons. I, I bet the Falcons are 2-1 to one to win that game. Did you? Yeah. So, so, but if it isn't competitive and it's the Saints, and the Saints defense is what people expect it to be, and Mariota struggles, then Thomas probably doesn't even see much in the second half. Yeah, don't don't forget to get your Falcons plus eight hundred to make the playoff uh, bets in right now at DraftKings Sportsbook because that's a thing that's happening. Uh, Twenty one to thirty. AJ Brown at 21, Amari Cooper, Mike Williams. I have Alan Lazard at 24. We're going to circle back to him here in a second. Thielen, Sutton, Alan Robinson, Hunter Renfro, Rashad Bateman, who I assume gets matched up with Sauce Gardner. And I don't like that for him, especially when they can just be like, hey, we'll throw it to Mark Andrews with no one covering him. Or Isaiah Likely, who's like their (laughs) wide receiver too now. And then Christian Kirk at number 30. I think that he's... He's not sneaky by any means. He's a wide receiver one on a team that's an underdog. That should make him a pretty good play anyway. But I I like Kirk here, the best of the Jags receivers, and I do like him as a wide receiver three for the week. I do want to talk about the Packers situation, though, because you brought it up. What do we do with Alan Lazard, the Lazard Queen? If he plays, I say that you play him. Let's say we know that he's out in this game against Minnesota. Where do you go? Dubs? Because it doesn't look like Christian Watson's going to do anything. So you have like Watson, Dubs, Tunyon's still banged up. We don't know if he's playing. Is Are they just all voids in that circumstance? No. What, what week is it, Pat? It's one. week one. It's, it's Sammy Watkins time. That's just Sammy Watkins. <laughs> That's all it is. This is three touchdowns. DK millionaire maker. This is, this is I'm telling you. Like, but uh, kidding aside, it, he's healthy. I would go Watkins. I don't, I know, like, look, we're being tongue in cheek, but if there is no Lazard, I would go Watkins. Cobb is going to be Cobb, very similar to Kenneth Gainwell at running back. Is Cobb's role is Cobb's role. Like, he's not going to become the number one if everybody's hurt. If there's no Watson, even if there's no dubs, is like, he's who he is. So you're looking who replaces Lazard, who I keep bringing up, and you know why I love Lazard, is because he had more end zone targets than Devontae Adams did last year. That's crazy to think about. So, Lazard would be my number one, but if he sits out, who replaces the Lazard role? Dubs is or Dobbs or however we want to say it. It's not really him yet. I don't I think he's also too raw. Watson's not ready. So it goes, it just by default, it goes to Watkins. Yeah, that that's tricky for me. Do you worry about my Amari Tanya's Cooper? not even a hundred percent. Do do you worry about my Amari Cooper at twenty two ranking? <laughs> No, okay, I've good. been team Amari Cooper this entire time. J- Jacoby Brissett is fine for Cooper for target volume because he can't throw it to Devontae Peoples-Jones because he's too far downfield. Amari Cooper and David Njoku all day long until Deshaun Watson gets back. All of the volume. They are going to ec- encapsulate 50% of the team target shares just like Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey used to do for Mahomes. The reason they're not top 10s is because, or I guess the number one tight end and a top 10 wide receiver, is because they are on the Browns and because it's Jacoby Brissett. But that volume is going to be there for them. There's going to be no volume for Njoku. Never play Njoku. He's bad. <laughs> You're going to come around on Njoku. I'm not. Harrison Bryant might outscore him this year. And, like and that's Harrison not because Bryant. Harrison Bryant's did. good. Put it that way. <laughs> That's what it is. The two tight end sets are going to destroy Njoku. At least Njoku's not like O.J. Howard. He can't block that great. He's, he's, he is their best blocking tight end, though. And when you have a team that, I mean, look, if they're going to be competitive in any of these games, and they have five very competitive, like, coin flip games the first few weeks of the season, like, they're going to have to run the ball a ton. They're, you're going to see a ton of Chubb. You're going to see a ton of Hunt. You might even see a ton of Dearness Johnson just to break it up. They might try to run the ball, like, 75% of the time. That is their best path when you have Jacoby Brissett. Like, every pass is going to Cooper, unless it's too, like, Kareem Hunt standing right in front of Brissett because he's about to get sacked. But I think you just see a lot of inline David Njoku that 
he's not going to have these like seven, eight target games that people are thinking like two, three targets a game. You better pray one is a goal line look. And if it's not like they've used Harrison Bryant in that role in the past far more often. So like, I'm not convinced he's hmm. going to be any good. Like I don't want I thought... anything to do with him this year. Okay. I, I, I have upside and hope for Njoku. I thought you were going to bring up the road dog. Jesse James. He's back. Oh, yeah. Good. Yeah. Just added another stiff who's six foot eight to stand in the end zone. Great. <laughs> That's why I thought you were going to bring him up. <laughs> That's why I mean, but Harrison Bryant has played that role here in the past. But we've seen Jesse Jesse James was even actually the, Harrison Jesse James was doing Harrison this to Bryant Heath had a two touchdown game. That's true. Like Harrison Bryant had a two touchdown game, didn't he? Yeah, he was the greatest greatest tight end alive. I, I played him at like twenty five hundred bucks on DK. Like back I was, I was just weeks. about to say, I know that's what I'm thinking about. I'm actually thinking DraftKings lineup now. No, Isaiah likely is the play uh, there if you really want to go for the cheapest tight end, but. Let's go back to the ranks. I got Metcalf and Lockett back-to-back, 31 and 32. I have Elijah Moore, the head of the Jets receiving core. I mean, if it was yes. Will- if it was Wilson, I'd probably have him higher, but it's Flacco, so I have no idea. Michael Thomas I have at 34. Michael Thomas. Uh, we'll see more about his hamstring a little bit later on. If Thomas doesn't play, would you, would you play Olave? Would you play Jervis? I, I would play I would play both of them, but in the 30 range, and I would lean Landry. I mean, Landry has done this before, but Landry is like, you know, you're going to get wide receiver 25 to 35 and he's not going to be wide receiver eight, but he's not going to leave you like gasping for nothing. So that that's the play there. A lobby would be more of the boomer bust play. So Drake London comes in at number 35, Brandon Ayuk, Robert okay Woods, Devonta Smith, Jacoby Myers, and Kadarius Tony. Hunky yeah. Tony, number 40. I, I'm just guessing he's, I mean, should I even be guessing that he's playing? Because every time that he's on the injury report, he doesn't play. <laughs> every time he steps onto the field, he gets injured. Conversely, like so, I, I mean, you play him if he's out there. He would be the best Giants wide receiver, in my opinion. I mean, I don't expect much from Sterling Shepard. Oh, out there for Week One. Also, Achilles. Like Sterling Shepard. Like really? Like I'm surprised he's back. Let's just say that it would be uh, for can, me. It would be he... Wendale or no one on the Giants besides Saquon. Those Tony, be... Tony, and Wendell. Yeah, yeah. Those would be the guy. If if Tony doesn't play, like I really like Wendell Robinson. Like I have at number sixty this week as we're going through just, it but yeah he feels he feels like but i think that if you're looking at what wandell robinson could be for a season i would go back to the best case scenario would be like that one Tavon austin season where he ran for 600 and caught 600 like that's that's what you're hoping for i would agree and like kenny galladay is just dead at this point so don't play him you don't want mysterious to- procedure to help with something that they won't tell us what he was supposed was to help with injecting him with steroids because that might help like that's about it <laughs> No, I was going to say his ability to separate because Daniel Jones doesn't throw into coverage well. And this is why this was a terrible fit from day one. So so I, I still have a glimmer of hope for Kenny Galladay I, to be I like don't. a wide receiver four. Like he, no, pass. Like there's so many better guys <laughs> in this circumstance now. Julio uh, Jones or Kenny Galladay? Julio. I'd rather uh, have the guy okay. with Tom Brady throwing him the ball. <laughs> Devontae Parker or Julio or, or uh, Kenny Galladay? Parker? Revenge, Jake. Revenge. <laughs> like, the, are Devontae Parker and Kenny Galladay on, like, the can't separate all-star team? Uh, I was just about to say, also, is, is Kendarius Tony the new Devontae Parker? Like, what five games are you going to be healthy for? Yeah, well, I mean, if this is one you can, like, I, I mean, we've seen him when he's healthy. He's just like, hey, we, we have one play. It's throw to Kendarius Tony three feet in front of me. Just pile up. He's like old school Wes Welker and Julian Edelman. By the way. I know we didn't talk about it, but is Derrick Henry just going to run for 200 yards in week one? Yes, absolutely. Like, they're, <laughs> I was looking at the spread. The Titans are only favored by five and a half. And even on DraftKings, like, when you pump out the optimal lineup, like, Daniel Jones is so cheap on DraftKings, and so is Tony, and so is Wendale, that their triple stack makes a ton of sense. But no one wants to bring it back with Derrick Henry. It's like, what? How, like, how are, how are these three breaking the slate? But Derrick Henry is also doing nothing on the other side of the ball. Like, that doesn't compute with me. Like, it's crazy. I like, shouldn't. Pe- people are, like, legit writing off Henry like he sucks now. I know. They're like, oh, 1,500 touches in the NFL. He's dead. And I'm like, uh, well, let's talk about all the myriad of running backs. Then, yes, 
are we're talking about some hall of famers when we bring up these names but you start with like ladanian thomas and adrian peterson but you can even go down to a further list of guys that are like fringe hall of famers who went 1500 touches and then still continue marshawn lynch still continue to produce after 1500 touches if derrick henry is one of the best running backs of this current time why are all of a sudden like oh 1500 he's done he's he's toast he's trash he's not he's not 64 260 pounds and a freak of nature but he's done it's funny because for years, I mean, and especially at the beginning when he was putting up these like wildly inefficient numbers and like eventually you just say he's different and this is what he does. And eventually one day it's going to stop. But jumping on Derrick Henry after being out on him for his like first huge year, I think it was the year where everyone had dropped him midseason. And then he had like the five games at the <laughs> yes. end of the year where it was like that 200 was yards, season, 200 yeah. yards, 200 yeah. yards. After that, I was like, Screw it, I'm in. Like, I, he might burn me, but, like, <laughs> let's go on Derrick Henry. And just every year, people want to find reasons. He even increase his receiving role a year ago before he got her. He was on pace for, like, another 2,000 yards last year. And his yards per reception, too. So it's kind of crazy to me. So here's some of the guys that I have outside, because, like, no Juju, no Darnell Mooney tunes. Like, guys I just really don't like whatsoever. But looking at it right now, I got, like, Boyd, Judy, Mooney, Gage, Juju, Marv Jones, Jalen Tolbert. Uh, they're at from 40 to 50. They're in that mix. Uh, I don't know whether or not Isaiah McKenzie is going to play. I don't know whether or not Rondell Moore is going to play, but they're in decent situations. If you get no more, no Zach Ertz. A.J. Green becomes somewhat viable in deeper leagues, I think. Sky Moore. Claypool, Traylon Burks, who I think is actually a good DraftKings play week one, just to just to see if there's actually something there. And this is all like the Jamar Chase situation last year where, oh, no, Jamar Chase sucks. Can't play Jamar Chase. Oh, 200 yards. Great. And again, that's against the Giants, yeah. who are terrible. Kendrick Bourne, Robbie Anderson, Josh Palmer, Corey Davis, DJ Chark, Chris Olave. Like, all these names are in here. Uh, I guess Mooney and Juju are probably going to be the ones that people really yes. are mad aren't like, up there. Yeah. Screw it. I don't think mm. that they are in good situations. Uh, I don't think Juju is good. I'm willing to be wrong about all this, but these are stances that I'm taking that I didn't draft these guys. I'm not ranking them inside my top 40. Give your head a shake. <laughs> I I would play Juju Smith-Schuster and have a debate about that one. Darnell Mooney, I don't mind as much uh, because of the matchup. And even if even if Chicago's behind, I, I, you just take away Mooney and ask Chicago to try to beat you with anybody else. And the San Francisco defense could just, they have the ability to take away Mooney. They do, and just get to fields 24-7. Let's move to tight ends. Uh, we'll try to wrap this up here. We got Travis Kelsey, number one, Andrews, Pitts, Dalton, Schultz, Kittle, Me Timbers, the top five, Waller, Hawkinson, Higby, Goddard, and my favorite, Jake, Pat Firemouth at number 10 yes. against Cincinnati. Uh, then we go down to number 11, and who do we got at number 11? Zach Ertz, if he's playing. Dawson Knox, Cole Komet, Irv Smith, Robert Tunyon, if he's playing. Austin Hooper, Isaiah <laughs> Likely, Noah Fant, Daniel Bellinger, and Big Albert O. Like, Trey McBride yeah. would likely step into the Zach Ertz role. I don't know. Like, would you have any confidence starting him? Like, I don't want to start Daniel Bellinger at the same time, but, like, if everyone's going to be out for the Giants, like, someone has to catch a pass. <laughs> yes, but I would go with the better team, better quarterback, and actually better tight end prospect in McBride over Bellinger if that was the case. I I would agree with you on that if Zachary sits. Problem is that's a later game on Sunday and we're probably not gonna know. Right. So you have to do you so, do have to factor that in. The one guy that I didn't have ranked inside the top twenty that I'm coming around to is just because I I see how it's going to play out on DraftKings this week is the Joe Burrow stack is gonna be super popular. And people are like, Oh man, do I do I play Boyd with Chase or Boyd with Higgins and leave one of them off? And then all of a sudden pedigree, Hunter, Hurst. Helmsley is coming out or Hayden Hurst Helmsley catches like three touchdowns. Just it's a good spot for him. Like Uzama was good last year. It, it was in spots. I just, I'm not going to chase the fourth option on the team. That's my biggest, that's always going to be my gripe with Hunter. You know, like you made me say it. Hunter Hurst, Hayden Hurst. You, you got, you tripped me up on that one. Thank you very much. Uh, I, I like the, some of the names you mentioned more. Uh, I'm a huge, you know, this a huge on Irv Smith this year. Uh, Austin Hooper, I think is in a good spot against the Giants, who, by the way, weird roster construction with their linebackers. And, it all, I mean, they run a 3-4, but if you look at the way that they broke down, it almost feels like they're like in a 3-3-5 three, three, uh, and they struggle against tight ends in general. So I think they're in play. Cole Komet and probably doesn't score a touchdown, but you you know what seven for seventy 
And so there's other ones in play before I even get to Hayden Hurst. It wouldn't shock me. You're playing Hayden Hurst if you're hoping for a touchdown. Yeah. The same way as you're playing for Robert Tunyon and all that. The, the, the opposite end of them would be like Evan Ingram, who goes six for 66 and zero touchdowns. And yes, I brought up the six for 66 because he's the devil. Uh, I have Hurst at 21, Hunter Henry at number 22. Your boy, David Njoku, 25. He sucks. Get him at worst Where place. do you have Johnny Smith? Uh, I wouldn't jo- be shocked if Johnny outplays Hunter Henry until he gets hurt. Yeah. 26. Like, I don't want to start either of these guys. No, but I think that Jono could be the more valuable play until that happens. I think people already forgot about him. And then I poured one out, Pat. You didn't mention his name. I feel like you were on him, too. I poured one out as soon as they signed O.J. Howard. Revan Jordan. Jordan. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Maybe he'll shock the world and be excellent. He would have to learn to block. That's the problem. That's it. Like, no, OJ Howard's not going to catch a bunch for everybody out there. Dude. The, the problem is he's taking snaps away from Brevin. How do you feel about Isaiah likely in this situation? Because it does seem like it doesn't seem like he's past Devin Duvalnay or that guy who rides his Porsche, James Porsche. Uh, we don't need to learn his mm-hmm. name for real. Or Tylen Wallace. Yeah, but it seems like likely could be the third receiving the number two on this team. Oh, yeah. That's, yeah. The number two wide receiver, yeah. quote unquote. Yeah, I, I can see it happening, especially when they run like I mean, they run two and three tight ends on the field sometimes. So I think it could definitely happen because Isaiah likely the skill set. The biggest thing was at the draft time when I said this, like I loved Isaiah, like, like Isaiah likely on the Giants would be getting a lot more attention before we just recently started to see likely dominate in the preseason it, because he was in a situation like McBride. McBride's a great one too. It got buried. They got buried on teams where they have to move their way up. It was never going to get past Mark Andrews, but if they're going to use him this way, I think they could use him like they did with Drake London last year with the Falcons is that he's out wide. And now he is kind of wanting, running wide receiver routes. You mean Kyle Pitts. And in that case, yeah. Well, yeah what did I say? Drake, Drake London. London. Yeah, yeah, Kyle Pitts. You knew, yeah, you, you you knew what I meant. So I think that you can see likely in that role, if he truly has locked down that role, and it's not Duvernay or Tylen Wallace or something like that. Yeah, I, I think you're set with whoever you drafted at tight end for week one. Like we'll focus more on tight ends as the weeks goes along, when there are injuries, when there are streaming options. And your boy McBride, maybe it's a sign. I saw today eastbound and down is back at the end of the year. So play play is McBride if, if Ertz is out. <laughs> there you go. Dan, are you going to start calling him Danny? Maybe. Maybe he's called Kenny Powers. <laughs> quarterbacks. Uh, quarterbacks? Quarterbacks are like tight ends to me this week. Like, you know who you're starting in week one. So it doesn't really matter what the rankings are. You drafted who you drafted. Allen, Mahomes, Lamar, Hurts, Herbert, top five. Brady, Burrow, Dak, Stafford, Aaron Rodgers comes in at number 10. I, I really like Rodgers against, like, people are just like, oh, Minnesota's going to win. Minnesota's so good. It's like, yeah, just, just watch the game and watch the Packers beat them. Like, that's that's par for the course. <laughs> uh, Russell Wilson, Kyler, Trey Lance, Derek Carr, Kirk Cousins, Daniel Jones, Trevi Lawrence, Matt Ryan, Tua, Tua Tags, and the goof, Jared Goff at number 20. Those, those are the top 20 for me. I mean, you can make your case that certain guys should be 13 instead of 21 or whatever it might be. Here's the thing. Unless you play two probably, quarterback or super flex, it really yeah. doesn't matter. <laughs> no, you're not playing those guys. The only ones that you might dip into is like 13, 14, 15 in case some of the people in your league took two quarterbacks and then maybe. Yeah, so th- that would then be you can pick up Daniel Jones and play him. Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, or Lawrence. I mean, if you want to go Lawrence over Jones, no qualms with that whatsoever. There's a problem with Daniel Jones. Not any good. He's, he's not any good. Maybe, maybe he can run. <laughs> and so can Trevor Lawrence. Actually, very similar potentials on the rushing side of things, four to 500 yards. Well, let's, talk, let's talk what we're here to talk about, defenses. I got the Niners <laughs> at number one. Ravens, Packers. Oh, that's it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Niners, Ravens, Packers, Titans. On the graphic, I have the Browns at number five, but actually the Colts are at number five against the Texans. Then the Browns, Panthers, Bengals, Eagles, Saints, and Chiefs. That's the top 11. And then we get into the Rams, Dolphins, Bills, Commanders, Broncos, Cowboys, Bucks, Cardinals, Chargers. We're, we're into like the 20s now uh, when it comes down to it. Yeah. So if you really need a sleeper, sleeper type defense, that's where we could be looking at, though. But I mean, I think everyone's going to be kind of lockstep that the Niners are number one this week. Ravens against the Jets. Like the big favorites are always good defensive plays because they're presumably better teams facing bad teams that now all of a sudden have to throw a ton because they're likely to be behind in mm. these games. So, Which is why I love the Bengals this week. 
I like the, I mean, I like the Bengals as well. I'm with you on that. Yeah. So I, I, I plugged them in a couple of DraftKings lineups, even though they're a little pricier than the bottom, bottom basement guys. I mean, the Titans for me are the ones because people love and so many people are using the Giants guys that I think they might overlook the Titans. Like, oh, yeah, they lose their star linebacker. They're still facing Daniel Jones. <laughs> <laughs> that's just that's a good point. <laughs> uh, so sleeper, I'm just trying to see who are the sleepers here. Like, I guess, yeah, the Bengals. I mean, I, do you think that many people are going to go Browns Panthers? Like, I think both those defenses eat up the other quarterback. I think the Browns are a really good play too, but I think that's the converse side of it is that like people are not looking at the Carolina defense because it's like, Oh, the Browns are just going to run, 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 run. And that's certainly possible, but you know, still Jacoby Brissett's he's going to keep it short. So I think Carolina's sneaky, but I would go Browns before I went them. Yeah. I mean, I have the Browns at six, the Panthers at number seven, like looking at it from I last the year, Dol- Dolphins are in play too. The Dolphins are in play, but Mac Jones doesn't feel like a real make a lot of mistakes and that leads to fantasy points. Uh, Maybe I'm wrong about that. And I just have a misconception in my head about him, but I mean, how much of the good dolphins pass rush was Brian Flores? True, but also how much of the terrible Patriots defense or offense is now this conglomeration of Joe judge and Patricia. That could be the case as well. So just looking back using the DVOA and adjusted sack rate for a year ago for defensive lines, Chicago was actually the best in the league at 9.6%. Here was the problem. No one ever really passed against them, so they didn't have a ton of sacks because you didn't need to. Then it was Pittsburgh, the Panthers, 49ers, Dolphins, Saints, Bills, Rams, Vikings, Titans. That Titans, I mean, there's no Chase Young, so the commanders are going to be down. But then you have, like, Dallas. And, I mean, the Patriots defense isn't a terrible idea. Probably not for season long, but if you wanted to get real sneaky with the DraftKings D, like, there's not enough to and on hate out there that people are going to be like... (laughs) They'll fade the Dolphins people because they don't like Tua, but they won't play the Patriots defense against him. Well, and I'll give you one other, too. What might not be the worst idea is the Chiefs against Kyler. When we've seen the effect of Kyler and no Hopkins, and I know they brought in Marquise Brown, but Kyler gets a little bit crazy and reckless when he doesn't have Hopkins out there. Oh, yeah, they're, they're, they're inside my top 12 this week. Like, I expect them to, I hope they're going to face a fast paced team that's going to throw 45 times. Like, I love that. I don't care if they give yeah. them 30 points. Yeah. That's what, yeah. that's what I'm looking for in that circumstance. All right, so we seem pretty lockstep about this stuff. Yeah. I mean, we've been doing shows all summer. probably a bad sign. What's that? <laughs> I said, which is probably a bad sign. Yeah, that's never a good thing when it comes down to it. When are your rankings coming out? Uh, that's to be determined. It normally is midnight Tuesday. It might be during the day on Wednesday now. We're, 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 we'll, you will find out tomorrow, <laughs> or you'll find out in a minute. I'll let people know. Well, you can catch all of Jake's work at The Athletic dot com at all in kid on twitter and you can find us every tuesday on mayo media network in the pat mayo experience audio podcast feed all the rankings are down in the description by the way and they're going to get updated throughout the course of the week and jake in case you didn't know if you go leave a five-star review on apple on spotify on stitcher wherever it may be include your twitter handle for the Pat Mayo experience and or your email so I can contact you and you're in a draw for a thousand dollars I'm giving away in cold hard cash sub to the video network as well on YouTube to make that worthwhile listeners link down in the description run the sims.com slash Mayo it was fun to be back we're gonna get deeper into those shallower positions as the year goes along but you don't need to know that right you just did your draft you're not dropping a guy because you draft you're like oh I, dra- I liked him so much I drafted him let's drop him for some random old Brevin Jordan loser in week one no no no, no. you draft your team roll out your guys then we'll adjust starting in week two thank you all for watching i'm pat mayo i'll see you next time